Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I think it's going to be great for our team. Uh, I think all around, um, not not just uh, for me personally, but for uh, our outfield situation, for Schwarber, um, for a catching situation uh, with those two guys that are both studs back there and you can give them a little bit of a break and get both bats in the lineup. And then for some of the guys that are really playing every day, um, just to give them a break and say, hey, man, you're just going to hit today. Uh, get your get your four or five of bats, rest your legs a little bit. I think it's huge. I think it's just it's really huge. And, um, yeah, I'm happy that they were able to come to an agreement on that. Hit and run Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago's sports station. Good morning, Mark Grody in for Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run today. We're going to talk to Bruce Levine in about 45 minutes from right now about the Cubs and the White Sox. That was the voice of Cubs outfielder every once in a while, Cubs infielder Ian Happ. He was on the score with Dan Bernstein earlier this week, like he has been. I hope that Ian Happ continues to go on the Dan Bernstein show throughout the the year like he has done once a week, basically, during uh, this COVID-19 time when everybody was bearing down and in their homes. Um, He has proved to be a very interesting and entertaining interview throughout the year. And let's continue to talk about the Chicago Cubs as we bring in now the Cubs beat writer for the Chicago Tribune. He is Mark Gonzalez. He is Deluxe. He is on Twitter at MD Gonzalez. What's going on, Gonzo? Uh, just resting up for the grind. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Yeah, I guess the grind starts what? Wednesday? Is that when the Cubs or some of the Cubs will report to Wrigley Field? Is that correct? Well, based on Twitter, some guys have trickled in already, but I think you'll start seeing uh, more groups uh, as we get through the week. And do you know how the coverage will work yet from a reporter standpoint? Well, I think first we'll we'll start off with the the continuation of uh, conference calls, maybe even uh, Zoom chat rooms, and then uh, we'll take it from there. But um, the expectation is that we might be able to see uh, the workouts, but um, that's up to a higher authority than me. No doubt, man. And it's going to feel strange. It's going to almost have for all teams a postseason feel because that's the only time that you or that we see as reporters baseball teams practicing at their own fields like we saw for the Cubs in 15, 16, and 17. But I want to get into what 
Ian Happ was discussing and the designated hitter for the Cubs, which he correctly said will be good for them. It'll be good for all teams, but aren't the Cubs one of the teams, Gonzo, that will probably benefit more than others? I think so under this format. I think the assumption was that Kyle Schwarber was going to be the DH most of the time. I would not assume that. I just think there are a lot of uh, moving parts there. You look at how the center field situation was shaping up prior to the stoppage, and Albert Almora Jr. and Ian Happ were uh, deserving of of starting in center field, and I think that'll be split up uh, to the point where I think both guys will get ample at-bats, assuming they pick up where they left off. That might be uh, difficult because they did set a high bar. They did do very well, but I think they're both deserving of playing time to that extent. And then you have Steven Souza Jr., who's very talented, very versatile. He's got to stay on the field uh, to produce. You know, he's had a history of, of injuries recently, but he's definitely a guy that can give a blow to any of the, the, the three outfield spots and be productive. And then uh, you look at the infield, you know, Anthony Rizzo, based on his Instagram account, been in terrific shape, but um, you wonder sometimes about the back, whether he needs an occasional rest. He'll probably say no, but there'll be times where you just have to be be careful. And I know he wants to play. It's only a 60-game season, but um, he might be more productive over, you know, 56 games than trying to stretch him out for 60. So you might see a Victor Caratini over there or somebody else. And then, you know, third base, certainly Chris Bryant's their best uh, defensive third baseman outside of Javi. But, you know, he, there might be a day or two you might need a blow, and you put Bodie over there for his, his bat. So um, a lot of moving parts, but I think it's all good for them. Yeah, and David Ross going to have a lot of different decisions to, to make. How much help do you think he is – going to get this year based on the fact that there is a 60 game schedule new rules and just like like you just said man i mean you mentioned just about every player in play to be the designated hitter is he going to need some help the danger is david getting too much help because everybody wants to help him everybody wants to see him do well but he's got to put a stamp his style on it and, and prior to the, the the shutdown he intimated that he prefer a set lineup and he's still uh, capable of doing that just with you know moving some guys around different positions but I think he'd like to keep the batting order intact um, uh, for his sake I hope that he's allowed to, to, to manage the way he wants to but you know there's so many uh, factors put in you know the research and develop, development department you know with the analytics staff they, they provide numbers that are, are very useful to him but I think in the long run, you know, the hope is that it's David's team and, and he can manage his way. Uh, that's effective for, for this franchise. You mentioned Almora and Hap, and you, you made you indicated that those two guys will get the playing time there. But do you think you still think they have faith in Albert Almora, or do you think that Hap's going to get more of the playing time? Well, I'll say this: they were very encouraged in spring training with some of the adjustments Albert made uh, starting from the way his hand placement and they want that to continue and I think if uh, he continues to do that they'll, they'll find a spot for him in the lineup uh, you know a good chunk of the time I still think that Ian uh, provides a power dimension and the fact that he's a switch hitter uh, helps him if he can hit effectively from both sides um, he's going to be tough to take out that lineup because he's a switch hitter and he has pop, but uh, don't rule out Albert. They've been, you know, pretty patient with him and 
he's shown signs, at least uh, toward those those three and a half weeks of spring training, that he's deserving of playing time. So they, they might have a pleasant problem, which is always good to have. All right, bullpen, and I know that Craig Kimbrell, TBD, to be determined, because none of us really knows what he is what he's going to look like, but have you heard anything about him in terms of velocity, what he's been doing in this offseason, and how effective might the Cubs think he can be? Can he get back to being Craig Kimbrell? That's a great question. I haven't heard anything from him since the shutdown, but I think, unfortunately for him and for for the Cubs, that uh, the shutdown probably came down at an unopportune time for him because those final 10 days of spring training were going to be the final boxes to be checked off in terms of him uh, increasing his velocity from 94-95 to you know 96-98, where I think he needs to be. And also, don't forget, he was working on a changeup, and I thought that was going to be very instrumental in his effectiveness so the opposing hitters couldn't sit on that fastball or that, that, that sharp, curvy throw. So um, it's going to be up to him to see whether that, that changeup is polished and whether he can add a few ticks on his fastball. And I think if he does that, then they can feel good about it. But um, we're going to have to you know, put our set of eyes on and, and see if, if those boxes are checked. So historically, he had not used the, the changeup much, or is this a different version of a changeup? He said he felt uncomfortable in the past. You know, he did... He did tinker with it a few times and just said didn't felt right but um he started using it more in in the batting practice sessions uh, against his teammates and in bullpen sessions so um the hope is that it feels more comfortable to him and if it does then then good for the cubs if not then um he's going to have to be uh, razor sharp in order to be effective that's interesting. I mean, I, I always like it when a, a veteran pitcher is willing to take on something different in his repertoire. Sometimes it's hard to get those guys to do it. But, yeah, if he wants to get back, if he, if he truly has lost some velocity and he wants to get back to where he was in terms of closing out games, it, it's a good idea to do. If Kimbrell can't do it, is it is Rowan Wick next guy up for the closer job? I think it would be Jeremy Jeffers, assuming okay. he's healthy. He's done it before. It was very effective two years ago with Milwaukee, and then he's had some injuries. But um, he, he's capable of doing it. He's another guy that probably needs a few more ticks on the fastball. That's understandable. When, when veterans are, are in spring training, they're probably just working on other pitches and making that progression. Uh, Rowan Wick has a chance to be a closer someday, um, but he's, he's got a ways to go. I think he'd be the first to tell you. He's a, he had a, a rough outing or two in spring training, and, and he was – admittedly embarrassed by it but uh he went back to the drawing board or their vaunted pitching labs and um he he started showing improvement after that he's got he's got some big time stuff there i mean this this guy it's a pretty good find for them and and if he continues to progress i think they got a guy who can close games because he throws 96 98 with ease and he's got he's got a split finger too that's very effective yeah, I like him. Um, talking to Mark Gonzalez, Cubs beat writer for the Chicago Tribune. He and the rest of the baseball beat writer world gets going to work in earnest, hopefully this week, assuming that there are uh, no setbacks in that regard. Starting pitching, Gonzo, for the Cubs this year, what what do you, what do you know to be true in the starting staff 
this year? What what can Cubs fans expect in terms of um, guys that you know exactly what they're going to do? I don't think we really know at this point because, you know, spring training is such a different animal. I know John Lester was working on uh, some things, mostly, you know, the, the sharpness and, and the shape of his cutter, which I think was very important. He knew he, he gave up too much contact last year. And that, that was an issue uh, he wanted to address, and I thought he did at times this spring, at least in terms of getting the results. And I think that's an area, you know, continuation. Unfortunately, we had this, this shutdown, so he's going to have to hit the ground running. Uh, with Darvish, I think it's just more of that progression. You know, he's a guy that's got so many pitches that he almost has too many at times. And I think that in, in a 60-game season, it's, it's a sprint. And I think at his point, he's going to have to go with work works with him best. And if there's a pitch he really likes but isn't effective, he's going to have to you know put that on the shelf. Kyle Hendricks, I don't think there's there's much of an issue there. What you see is what you get, and I think yep. that he's probably the guy that's that's you're going to least worry about because he's he's in great shape, and you know he I don't think his his pitches require high maintenance. Uh, Jose Quintana is going to be the interesting one for me in terms of. Uh, addressing some things you know especially he's a guy that i think since he came over from the white Sox to the cubs throwing the, throwing the high fastball a little more and i think he needs to spot that a little more where he's hitting all the quadrants the strike zone as well as uh polishing his changeup. i know at times he felt he only had sometimes one pitch which was his fastball because his curve wasn't as sharp changeup wasn't as polished as well He's going to have to hit the ground running as well, and then and then you had Tyler Chatwood in the fifth spot, who showed a lot of promise when he was out there. I know it's spring training, but I think if he's throwing strikes, he's he's got a shot. But he's going to have to be sharp from the outset. You know, they have Alec Mills, who's who's a pretty polished uh, guy waiting there as the sixth starter, or you could even you know piggyback him with Chatwood. Yeah, no, that'll be interesting to see how they handle. Yeah, Chatwood did well in a, in a few high leverage relief spots last year, and when called upon to be a spot starter, he was better. Of course, you know there wasn't the same amount of pressure as being in there as a fifth starter. But we know that before he came to the Cubs with Colorado, he was a starting pitcher on the rise. So I'm looking forward to to seeing that. Um, you mentioned Alec Mills as a possibility. Any chance the Cubs would go with a six man rotation? And are there any other names beyond Alec Mills in terms of guys who might get a look that we're not necessarily expecting right off the top of our heads well i think first of all they got to put a set of eyes on their on their starting pitchers and see who's right on schedule who's ahead of schedule and who might need uh more work um obviously it is a sprint but at the same time the last thing you want to do is rush somebody and make them feel uncomfortable and 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 raise the issue of injury, you want to avoid that. I, I know there's a lot at stake, but at the same time, uh, players' health comes first. Uh, in terms of uh, guys that might be waiting in the, in the wings, uh, that's, that's an interesting one for me. I mean, Dwayne Underwood Jr. was a guy at one time, was uh, touted as a starting pitcher. He had some struggles. He moved to the bullpen at, at AAA Iowa. Pitched a lot better, I think, He'll, he'll be there in that long roll if, if he makes the team. Uh, one guy they acquired in the offseason, Jarrell Cotton. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an interesting study. He's got a great changeup. Uh, I'm not sure you know, there's a spot for him, but 
you know, who knows, stranger things have happened. Uh, but I would think that's the short list, and, and, and as well as Colin Ray, who was optioned earlier. He had some pretty good uh, numbers at AAA Iowa, but I think he'd have to have an injury or two for him to, to move into the picture. What about Adbert Alzali? I mean, he made like a weird splash last year, and he's still around, right? Yeah, he is, and uh, he's gotten after it. If you, you believe what you see on Instagram, he's been throwing a lot on the side. Um, I think I think he might need a little more polish. But at the same time, we saw what he did against the Braves last year, and it was and the Mets. It was pretty electric. And if you're talking about 60 games, if if he's on, then certainly. He elbows his way into the picture because this guy's got uh, deluxe stuff. So you know why not? <laughs> why not give him a shot if he's ready and pitching better than the others? Yeah, I mean he did a a terrific. I think it was his first appearance. I want to say was relief Gonzo, and it was like a six inning kind of thing. And and then he he didn't quite maintain that that height after that, and eventually was sent down. So. He showed some of the skills that that he has, but so I, I'll I'll continue to take a look at him. The la- the last guy I want to ask you about is, and we kind of mentioned him earlier, is Steven Souza Jr. Now he was a guy who, when he was with Tampa Bay and not injured, I remember the Cubs playing in Tampa Bay and thinking this kid looks like he's got star makeup. Like he he looks like he is a player on the rise. Is it just about injuries with Souza that have derailed his career? And if and if he can stay healthy, could he still make an, an impact either with the Cubs or in his career? Because I thought he was a guy on the rise. Yeah, I think he is too and this guy's a terrific athlete. And you know, he he signed a letter of intent to play football at Washington State, I believe as a receiver safety. And uh you could see uh, just from the frame, that he's a guy that that probably would have made some noise, you know, in the secondary. Um, and I do think when he, when he's healthy, you look at the numbers, and he's got some terrific power numbers. And I just think there's one thing holding him back, and those are the injuries and their frequency too. That 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 leg injury he suffered last year. I mean, touching home plate. I mean, that that was so unfortunate because it was the last game of spring training, and he's out for the year. But this guy can move. I mean, and he moves gracefully. I mean, he's one of those guys that, um, you know, goes from zero, zero to 40 quickly. Yeah, I mean, I was, in, I was impressed when he was a, a no-name, and we were just trying to get pronunciations right when we were in Tampa Bay with Pat and Ron, and like that this guy looks like a player so he'll he'll be one to watch there is much to watch and i can't wait to um continue to read what you are writing mark gonzalez in the chicago tribune because finally we get to talk about baseball and get some some actual answers to these questions instead of all of us just kind of making educated guesses on on them marco a deluxe appearance as always and we'll talk to you soon all right good catching up with you take care yeah as always that is mark gonzalez Cubs beat writer for the Chicago Tribune. And, yeah, I guess the only thing that I I did, I see a texter asking about second base. says, play Horner at second base, D.H. Kipnis. Look, the way way Gonzo was talking, and, look, Gonzo hasn't had a chance to to speak a lot with David Ross this offseason, so we don't know what they are thinking in light of everything. But it sounds like anybody is going to be eligible to D.H. (laughs) on this team. 
And second base is interesting. I mean, if you can kind of reclaim Kipnis, get him back to where he was pre-injury, still relatively young, 31, 32 years old, you know what kind of a hitter he is, what kind of a ball player he is. It'd be ideal if you can get Jason Kipnis to maintain health and be your primary second baseman. Um, Yes, David Bodie is around. Yes, Daniel Descalso is still on the Cubs, not guaranteed he'll, well, no, he'll be on the roster. He will be. Nico Horner will be there as well. And he's a guy who I said adamantly, if it had been, you know, when when there was spring training this year, before March 13th, I said, do not bring up Nico Horner to start this year. Wait till the lights are off. Let him get his full development. And I know that when he came up last year, he wasn't bad. He played a pretty good shortstop and he seemed like a competent hitter. But I, I've just seen it too often on the Cubs where guys come up, they have some success, but then they have to get sent back down to learn basics again. Um, we saw it with with Hap and Schwarber and Almora, even Baez. And I know that was on Jim Hendry's watch or that Jim Hendry's guy, but Baez came up, had fast success, and then had to go back down again to, to get it right, to get some of the fundamentals back in his game. And he did, and it worked. But I just said, you know, you have the time with Horner. You could do that. Now all bets are off with a 60-game schedule. Now we can see Horner, but don't. I, I would prefer. I would still prefer him not to be the primary guy at second base. Funny how we're not talking about Wilson Contreras much this year. I don't think we mentioned his name once during that interview. But he is still a guy who, even though he was predicted to do you know, to be the, was it last year? Yeah, I think that was last year where we were all breathless over Wilson Contreras being possibly in the MVP conversation. I think that's still on. I think Wilson's going to have a little something for you this year. And he too, he too, will be in the the um, the circle of designated hitters for the Cubs this year with his guy Victor Caratini backing him up. And there is a Josh Fegley on the Cubs roster as well so much to talk about as far as the chicago cubs are concerned coming up on hit and run in just a little bit we will talk to bruce levine our score baseball insider we will continue to talk about the cubs and the white Sox when we return i'm mark grody in for matt spiegel on hit and run on chicago sports radio 670 the score call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, It'll be like, hey, when I faced you the other day, you were doing this, so I knew a pitch was coming, and I'd be like, sick, nice, okay, I'll fix that. Then it'll be it'll be something like, you know, if I'm bouncing my curveball as simple as, you know, train your eyes up higher. But, I mean, he's always got an adjustment for really, um, you know, anything that's going on. Sick, brah. That was White Sox starter Dylan Cease. And I'd be like, sick, nice, okay, I'll fix that. <laughs> Talking about Yasmani Grandal. The way he lays into it, sick. And I'd be like, sick, nice, okay, I'll fix that. Sick, nice, sick, comma, nice. Sick, nice, brah. And Dylan C is known as a very thoughtful man, but he throws in 
a set. I mean, he's 24. Come on, man. You got to have a few six in your in your lingo. Brah, figured to be that age. Talking about Yasmane Grandal. Man, that was with McNeil and Parkins back in spring training when when those two fellas spent a couple of days in Glendale, Arizona. Hopefully the sun was pointing the right direction and not in their eyes like it is wont to be at <laughs> that, that ballpark, uh, which they share with the Dodgers. But we will not have to worry about that because teams, Sox, Cubs, reportedly will be heading to their ballparks. The ballpark, to be clear, the ballparks in Chicago. The Cubs will assemble at Wrigley Field. The White Sox will assemble at Guaranteed Rate Field somewhere middle of the week, and they will have this version, the second half of spring training. There will be exhibition games. Cubs and Sox will play each other. Again, as I talked about at the beginning of the show, this is going to be a, a year where it is, look, it's always about beating the teams in your own division, but now more than ever, man, I mean, you are playing the team, 60-game schedule, 40 of them all together against the teams, the other four teams in your division. So Cubs and Sox, as usual, will have to run their divisions if they are to get to the postseason, and then the other games will be against their their sister divisions in their respective Leagues, American League and National League, where the Cubs, uh, where the Cubs and Sox would play each other, their divisions: National League Central, American League Central, East and East in the American League, and so on and so forth. So that's the part that you should focus on more than anything. You don't have, if you're one of those who doesn't want to think about the rule changes, don't worry about that. Just think about the teams within your division. And if you want the the thumbnail, I did that of all the teams in the White Sox and Cubs division. I did that right at the top of the show at nine o'clock. So if you want to check that out on radio.com, you should also check out the interview with Ozzy Smith at 10 o'clock on your radio.com dial and on 670thescore.com because he was fun and you have to hear his last response of the interview with Sean Dunstan or about Sean Dunstan uh, which was very entertaining and made me laugh even though it probably 12 year old Mark Rohde would have been very very hurt by it so that's the only tease I will give you. Dylan Cease though he is one to watch for the White Sox. There are many guys like that on the Sox roster this year. One of the best questions, or one of the most fun questions to ask about the Sox, is who, who is the guy that you are most looking forward to watching? And the dominant answer has been, at least with the people that I have asked, been Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. Uh, but I think one of the guys that is quietly interesting is Dylan Cease. And he had a perfectly inconsistent start to his major league career just the way it's really supposed to be to where it's not all good but you're allowed to struggle through some things and you are and i think that in cease's case specifically he will have come out of it in really good shape cease last year 14 games started 73 innings pitched if you want to break it down like that a 1.55 whip good um 81 strikeouts to 35 walks good um he is 24 years old really good he had i thought one of his more encouraging starts in september against cleveland at cleveland he went six and two-thirds four runs on four hits he gave up some runs but you saw the stuff that day he had 11 strikeouts and two walks and he was working it all so that 11 to 2 ratio pretty good on that particular day and you're like i mean you saw enough of cease last year 
the good in C story, you're like, yeah, this is definitely something. I don't know if it's an ace. I don't know if it's a one or a two, but that is that is major league stuff. A guy who could be play baseball for a long time, assuming health. His next start, though, just going through some of his game logs earlier this morning, his next start, start number 12, he only goes three and a third, allowed one run on four hits, but he, he struck out four. The problem that day was that he walked five, had a, had a 44-pitch second inning against Tampa Bay, which included a grand slam by Travis of the Darnos. There are multiple Darnos in Major League Baseball. And Travis of the Darnos hit a grand slam against him. He did work his way through that inning. They allowed him. Ricky Renteria did a good job in allowing him to continue to pitch through it, get him out of there, get him another inning or two. And, yes, there are some things that were done in the name of developing for the White Sox. I actually think the Sox did a really good job with Cease in the situations they put him in, when they called him up, what they allowed him to do, what they didn't allow him to do. I think that 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 is a case, and everything is imperfect, and we don't know for sure, but I think that he is going to be a guy this year that you can circle and say that he is true. Sometimes we just throw it around. Well, he he learned a lot. I, I think that, and I'm looking forward to hearing from more from Cease, I think that he did... He probably did learn a lot from his experiences last year, the good and the bad. And there was both. And I, and if you had to say it, probably more bad than good for Cease. But I think that it will have done him good at the at the end of the day. So he's he's really interesting to to think about. And there's enough guys around Cease too, where at least this year. He should not feel enormous pressure. He's not like the young, well, I guess you can call him a young phenom if you want, but he is not the young phenom on whom the the White Sox are depending. Same deal for Michael Kopech, really. And I've heard Kopech on the score, and he kind of has said, he, he has said he's got to reprove himself. And that's true. I mean, he's coming off Tommy John. Usually pitchers at a young age can recover and maybe even have, and maybe even be more effective. So one would assume that Kopech can do that, but Kopech understands, or at least in his mind, the way he is going at it mentally, he's got to reprove himself. And I think it's good, because if this was a rotation where it was you were depending on Kopech and Lope, or, and Cease to be the guys, I, that's, that's hardcore pressure, man. But no, you have the two guys who should embrace the pressure or have the pressure on their shoulders are... Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keuchel, for sure. Um, those are the guys who, especially in Keuchel's case, Keuchel has been there. Giolito had what I thought was a legitimate season because he had shutouts early in the year and he had a shutout late in the year. And that, to me, is just a microcosm of, yes, Lucas Giolito, he is legitimate. I have no idea about Reynaldo Lopez and Gio Gonzalez. When right, Lopez can strike you out with the best of them. He did have a 14 or 15 strikeout game last year. Gio Gonzalez, I don't know where he is at this point in his career, how effective he can be. So, you know, the guys that you are depending on for sure are Giolito and Keuchel. You hope for great things out of Reynaldo Lopez and Michael Kopech, but at least the pressure is not necessarily on those guys to come out and and strike out you know 12 guys all the time as far as when the actual the actual um schedules come out in major league baseball not sure yet um 
I know that the report is that on July 23rd, there will be two games probably. One of them should be the Yankees and the Nationals for one game, which would be a at least the, the, the rough draft says Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer. I'm not sure what the other game would be that day. And then after those four teams play, the next day, July 24th, is when it's all play. 26 teams going um, against each other. And we shall see what it is for the for the Cubs and the White Sox. I don't know. For the White Sox, it seems like it's always Kansas City. For the Cubs, I'm just going to guess. I'm going to say it's going to be the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, from the text line, which you can hit me up on if you'd like. 312-644-6767 is the number. Uh, A15 Cisa Phenom, come on, Grody. Yeah, I don't know. He's probably you're probably right. He's not. He's probably not a phenom. I guess I you, you get you get caught up in the when a guy throws a hundo and he's 24, then you attach that to him. We're still waiting to see exactly what he is. I just think that Cease will have come out of last year in good shape. And some guys don't. Some guys don't when they have you know an up and down start. They don't recover from it. I think that that he will. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. All right. I have to take a break. When we come back, though, we are going to talk about both sides of town and Major League Baseball at large with our score baseball insider, Bruce Levine. I'm Mark Grody filling in for Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. How do you adjust your expectations for your team as the GM and then just as a baseball fan looking at the 29 other ones, how do you kind of adjust expectations with uh, with this new schedule? Well, look, it goes back to the old saying, you know, you're going to win 20, you're going to lose 20. It's what you do with the other 20 that makes the difference. It's hard to get a laugh on Zoom because a lot of times the reporters are muted. So joke telling, you know, that that was good. That was good. That was White Sox general manager Rick Hahn on Zoom conference call with all the Sox beat reporters and everybody around town. This is Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, I am Mark Grody in for Matt Spiegel. Spiegs presumably will return next week. Just been taking care of his son, Ruben. We are all Ruben tough. I love that kid. I've only met him a couple of times, but he's awesome. So is Spiegs. So we're thinking about you guys. I'm here until noon on the score, at which time it will be Zach Zaidman and Tom Thayer. They are next, and I heard a rumor that they will have a soon-to-be-inducted-into-the-pro-football-hall-of-fame offensive lineman on their show named Jimbo Covert. Um, he's expected to join them. So I know I will be listening to that. I can never get enough of 85 Bears talk, which just by talking, Tom Thayer will will bring us. Right now, it is time for us to talk to our SCORE baseball insider, he is Bruce Levine. You can find him on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Bruce, what is new? And when I ask you that question, I mean it. What is new? Anything we need to know about what's going on in baseball? Uh, must be handed in to Major League Baseball today. 60-man rosters must be handed in by the middle of the afternoon to the Major League Baseball office, and it will be frozen at 60. Uh, those 60 guys will be a part of your taxi squad and your 26, 28, 30-man roster. As you know, Mark, the season will start on July 23rd, 24th with a 30-man 30 uh, 30-man 30 roster. Then you'll go to 28 in two weeks and 26 in four weeks. So halfway through the season, you'll go back down to the 26 men uh, on your roster. That was the new agreement going into 2020. 
As far as the taxi squad is concerned, where literally will those players be? Will they be assembled in a hotel? Where, where exactly will the taxi squad be? It's hard to play be? baseball in hotels, Mark. It's really tough to play in, inside a hotel. <laughs> so I'm, I'm assuming it won't be, but, um, you know, they... You know, they, they do have the Zachary across the street, don't they? Oh, uh, yeah, so but I don't think that, that's going to be open, though, unfortunately. Well, we'll, we'll see about that. But uh, in, in the meantime, uh, the, the assumption for the Cubs is that the rest of their – so there's only going to be half to two-thirds of your players uh, with you at Wrigley Field and guaranteed rate. Rick Hahn said oh, 44 of the 60 would be with them uh, to start – spring training 2-0 on Friday with the Chicago White Sox. So you have to have uh, ancillary uh, areas to go. Uh, these ballparks will be determined. South Bend appears to be the uh, consensus of being the uh, place where the Cubs uh, extra men will go. We're not sure yet uh, what the White Sox will do. There's, you know, uh, you, you not only have to have this park available to you for spring training 2.0, but for the entire two months. So these players will be able to continue to train and be ready when needed to be added to that 26, 28, 30-man roster. All right. So as you just told us, all 60-man MLB rosters got to be sent into the league's office by 3 o'clock Chicago time today. So I guess that doesn't really leave a lot of lot of guys on the bubble. Now, both teams, to be clear, Cubs and Sox, they will, they're supposed to reportedly be at Wrigley Field and Guaranteed Rate Field this Wednesday. Is that correct? And they begin workouts. Uh, I think reporting is has to be mandatory by July 1st, according to the agreement with the players and the um, owners. But as uh, Mark Gonzalez told you earlier on uh, your show, that um, players have started to trickle in already. Uh, getting medical things set up early is probably a good idea since the first two days will all be about uh, getting medical protocol taken care of and in line and uh, instructions as to how to go about it as well. So the first workouts are considered to be uh, this Friday, July 3rd at Wrigley and at guaranteed rate. All right, talking to Bruce Levine here on the score. I'm Mark Grody filling in for Matt Spiegel here on Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Uh, what did you make of the, the Zoom call with, with Rick Hahn this week? What stood out to you, if anything, that he was discussing on that conference call with you guys? Um, recognizing that Vinny Duber from NBC Sports Chicago had grown in an immensely cool mustache during the three or four months <laughs> that we were away. Uh, that was the topic, and uh, Vinny right. does a great job for them. But uh, I would say that, um, most importantly, that they have a, certainly a, a, an open mind, and their, their major concern is going to be one health, two health, and three health. So uh, the 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 protocol, that 100-page document that Major League Baseball and the players have agreed upon is going to be the, the most important thing going forward. Yes, three weeks of spring training is a very short time this time around. There won't be hardly any games except inter-squad games. Uh, there will only be three um, exhibition games between other teams at the end of uh, this three-week period. So um, the, the, the hope is you get everybody healthy and keep them physically healthy by adhering to um, 
the, the health protocol that's being put down by Major League Baseball. That's, I think that's number one, two, and three for everybody in baseball right now. You and uh, David Haw this past Saturday, yesterday, on Inside the Clubhouse had a great interview with White Sox uh, skipper, manager, Ricky Renteria. And the two things that stood out to me were that he did mention sort of casually Carlos Rodon as a bullpen guy. And then, you know, talking about himself and, you know, the highs and lows and the fact that he has a formidable roster this year. I guess, you know, first of all, um, the, the very first part of that um, what do you think about Carlos Rodon, the reliever? Is that going to be his life with the White Sox now? Well, you know, if you look at the history of the White Sox, uh, Mark, you, you go back and you see that starting pitchers, young guys in particular, uh, the Burleys, um, the Sales, um, a lot of those very good pitchers coming through the system started in the bullpen. And coming back in the bullpen in a truncated season would probably be the smart thing to do for Rodon, who is what now, maybe 11 or 12, 12 or 13 months uh, past Tommy John surgery. With, with Kopech, it's 18, no, it's almost 20 months uh, that he's out of uh, Tommy John. So he's good to go. Uh, with with, with uh, Rodan, there might be some glitches along the way where shortened innings and bullpen stints might be the way to, to bring him along. And uh, Don Cooper has done that better with any better than any pitching coach I think in the last 20 years of actually uh, working with guys on the side, bringing them through the bullpen and getting them back to re- be ready for the starting rotation. It seems like the opinion from the outside from most people on Ricky Renteria is that this is the first year that there's actual pressure on him to perform as a manager because he has a real roster. Do you think Renteria feels that pressure based on your discussions with him? You know, Ricky is such a confident baseball man that I don't think he feels the pressure of anything other than to uh, get the very best out of his roster. Uh, He's an accomplished guy, even though he only had that one year with the Cubs. It was a very successful year in 2014. He got the best out of Anthony Rizzo and Castro after they had down seasons the year before. Uh, Young guys had started to respond before Joe Madden came around. So uh, he has been dealt a hand of only teams that had player development in mind. Now, this is the first opportunity he has to have a team that uh, actually has expectations and uh, a chance to win. So I'm as excited as the next guy to watch Renteria have this team and see what he can do with it because a lot of people hold his past against him, Mark, that uh, he was uh, pushed aside from Madden with the Cubs and that he was brought in here to be a development guy, and that's all he can be. Uh, I think uh, Rick Renderia is a lot better than that. I agree. I think it would be a great story if he succeeded, just based on what you just mentioned, that they they said that's enough for Renteria, and they went right for Joe Madden, which worked out for the Cubs, but you hope the best for a baseball lifer like Ricky Renteria for sure. His counterpart on the north side of town, David Ross, this is not ideal for a first-time major league manager do you think that he's going to need a lot of help over on the north side in terms of all the moving parts and the different types of decisions that ross is going to have to make this year well i think it was going to be a collective anyways and david ross is a very competent guy who understands the the mechanisms of the chicago cubs and how they work and how their their metrics departments are involved on a daily basis so he's going to embrace all of that information and stuff uh, that comes his way 
uh, he is going to do great. And this is like, uh, it's almost like managing two spring trainings in a row because you had the first month of the season. Now you're going to have three weeks. Then you're going to have 60 days. So you're, you're going to need the help of uh, relying on eyes on other players that are uh, on your 60-man roster and when to move them in and when to move them out if, the, if you have injuries or people just aren't functioning the way that you wanted them to. Uh, it's going to be a collective, I think, in all of Major League Baseball and certainly with the Cubs. So he will get the help he needs, but as far as managing games, I don't think uh, David Ross is going to need a lot of help. He has been managing games from behind the plate for the last uh, 25 years as a catcher, one of the best catchers uh, of the last 15 years as far as his reputation for calling games. He's a very smart guy. Uh, I think he's going to do extremely well. I agree with that. I mean, he's got the most important part down, I think, and that's dealing with a rotation, knowing mm-hmm. when a guy is getting yes. tired. I would think that he, he's got just as good a handle on that as any any guy in any manager in Major League Baseball. You're right, Mark. No, no doubt. I mean, you identified it perfectly. Uh, the difference this year is um, getting people in and out before they get hurt because you only have three weeks' time to get your pitchers ready. Now, they've all been getting ready uh, this in between this time that we've been off here, but it's not the same as uh, competing and, and working in cleats every day and doing the PFPs and everything else. So you uh, have to watch your starting pitchers and your relievers to begin with. You just can't, you, you just can't put a Craig Kimbrell in three or four days in a row when the, the season starts as your closer. That's, you know, if, if you go on the DL once, that's, that's probably 25% of the season or more that you're going to miss. So with that in mind, uh, maintenance of your pitching staff and your players is going to be key, and it's going to be tricky. Bruce, I'm looking at the score schedule right now, and it does say that you and I are scheduled to work together on July 3rd, the day before the 4th of July. So that's going to be a big party day for you and I, man. I think we're going to, I'm going to bring been, fireworks. Uh, I've, been, I've been replaced already and sent to South Bend. And you will well, have another you... co-host. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know this. So, so, so enjoy it. And, and Mark, it was great, great being with you. Have a great day, and uh, okay. let's 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 embrace baseball coming back. Amen, brother. There goes Bruce Levine. <laughs> okay, I'm not working with Bruce Levine on July 3rd. Maybe I'm solo again. That's fine. That's fine. As long as I have you guys, and that is you guys listening that I don't feel like I am without a radio partner. This has been a really fun show. I've had a blast filling in for Matt Spiegel on Hit Run. Thanks for Sean Anderson for putting it together for us. A great guest list today, including Ozzy Smith, the Hall of Famer. He was on with us at 10 o'clock if you want to check that out. Scott Merkin covers the Sox for MLB.com. He was with us at 920. If you want another blast of Cubs talk, go to 11 o'clock on Radio.com. There's Mark Gonzalez talking about the Cubs, and you just heard Bruce Levine, whom I will not be on with on July 3rd. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for texting. Again, thanks to Sean Anderson. Zach Zabin and Tom Thayer are next. Have a great rest of your Sunday on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.